Hello, and welcome to On Purpose Faith. I'm your host, Jan Neary. I really hope you enjoy this episode as we journey together on this faith walk. I have a special favor to ask, though. Would you consider promoting and sharing my podcast and checking out the advertised products? I'd really appreciate that. In just a few seconds, this episode will start, so be sure to listen all the way to the end to learn how to connect with me further. I really appreciate you a lot. Thank you so much for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Jan Neary, and welcome to On Purpose Faith. Before we start, I want to say thank you. I'm always grateful that you are listening. You are the reason I am putting these podcasts out. So these episodes are about my walk of faith in my business as an entrepreneur on that journey. And hopefully they serve to encourage you along yours. I've allowed some periodic promotions and encourage monthly listener support because I receive no other income from publishing these episodes. And that will help me cover some of the costs of production. So again, thank you. I appreciate it a lot. So today's topic is, uh, I'm going to call it, what is it about the blood? And the blood I'm talking about is Jesus' blood. I always thought that was just weird. And sometimes it still strikes me as weird, but bear with me here and we'll have a better explanation of that. The Bible verses I'm going to use for today are Exodus 25, 8, Psalm 91, and John 16, 23. That's Exodus 25, 8, Psalm 91, and John 16, 23. Now, uh, I, I guess I can say Merry Christmas if you're listening now, although some of you will listen to this podcast later on, but it is the Christmas season. And a lot of times people in this month, um, although it happens all through the year, but specifically around the holidays, a lot of people struggle with depression and just feeling alone and, you know, maybe far from God. And so I just wanted to share with you some of the struggles and insights I've had in the past week um, with my own kind of revelations and you know, the things that God has kind of put on my heart to share. So with that, I want to just kind of give you briefly a little bit about the journey that I've been on because um, I came to a point in my life back in around 2010 where I realized that my life didn't really add up to a whole lot. I had become a Christian in my early 30s. And uh, things were pretty great. I learned a lot. I was very involved with the church, did missions work and all kinds of things like that. And then um, uh, my flesh kind of got the best of me. And against better judgment, I decided to marry a guy that I, in my heart, knew was not the right thing to do. But I did it anyway because I was so worried that I was going to be alone. And I actually had to process this and figure all this stuff out later. I knew these things, but I was just ignoring the voices that were telling me to not do this. And I was ignoring my own, uh, the own reasons for 
making those decisions. Like I was ignoring the fact that I did feel desperate. You know, I was saying, no, 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 it's going to be fine. You know, it's okay. But anyway, long story, very shortened. Um, I came to a point where uh, I, I had divorced that husband and uh, I was really just looking at my life as a total train wreck. And I was working as a cashier. I had a degree in computer. I had a history, you know, a career history that was great, had made quite a lot of money um, in that industry and had ended up uh, working as a cashier at a local grocery store, which I loved that work. It was really great because I love being around people. And it actually started to open me up to the possibility of that being more of my skill set than what I had been doing. However, I was not at that point yet. And uh, so I began to pray and just was out of fr total frustration because I was not able to find work back in my profession and uh, just just totally flat out, just laid out myself before the Lord and said, Lord, what gives? I don't know what to do. And, you know, the couple of things that he really made uh, very plain to me was that, number one, I had put my identity, my self-worth and, you know, my, my future, everything I had put all of that into what my paycheck looked like, what the job title I held was and what the neighbors thought of my yard. I was very picky about my yard and those things were very important to me. I was very prideful about all three of those things and I did not want to um, acknowledge that perhaps I was just a cashier at a grocery store. And so there was a lot of tearing down of my pride and my own arrogance. And when I did that, the Lord very softly said to me, okay, Jan, there are things that I put in you. What are they? And I was desperate to find income. So I'm thinking in terms of income and I'm thinking, I don't have any skills that are worth anybody paying me for. Like, what would somebody pay me for? This was a real crisis in my life. And uh, he said, yeah, yeah, but don't think about that. He's, he was like, you know, just what did I put in you? What are those desires that I put in you? And I said, well, okay. Um, if there weren't any boundaries, if, if income wasn't a factor, what I would really like to do is, is have a farm, uh, wake up on that farm every day, um, be able to sustain a living on that farm and be able to share that experience with other people. Because in my growing up years as a teenager, I had a horse. Um, my parents were very, very gracious to allow me to have a horse. And that, that was my, uh, at that time I was not a saved. I had no church. I had no friends because we had moved to a small town and I didn't know anybody and felt very alienated. And, you know, my horse was literally my saving grace. And so I would just go out and hang out in the barn and be with my horse and we'd go on trail rides. And that was my life. And we did, you know, we, we went to shows and we competed and I was part of 4-H and stuff. But, you know, most of the time I was spending with my horse. And so, and just being outdoors in nature and just being able to get away from the stresses of life. My family life was kind of a disaster. My parents were fighting all the time and my brother was smoking pot in his room and totally going the other direction. And 
you know, I just needed an escape. And so I would pack up my horse and we would ride up in, onto the logging roads in Tillamook, Oregon. And, you know, I'd spend half a day up there and just being by myself. And that was a whole lot better than being at home in the house with all those issues. So uh, that was kind of where I was coming from with this. And then uh, I had seen a show on public television about how they took off-track thoroughbreds, thoroughbreds that had been injured or could never win a race or there was some other issue with them, um, and they become actually rescue horses because they don't know anything else except racing, and that's all they know to do is run. And so they have to be rehabilitated if they're going to be adopted out and have actual horse lives and be usable to regular people. And so there's this program in place where they take the off-track thoroughbreds and they give them to a prison. And there are a couple of institutions around the country that do this. And one of them what happened to be in South Carolina. So I actually went to visit this program and, uh, you know, what happened ends up happening there is that the inmates working with the horses to rehabilitate them, get them used to people, get them used to um, being handled and, you know, a different pace of life. They, it actually, the inmates learn skills and then they also get kind of rehabilitated too, because they're working with the animals. And I don't know, for some reason, you know, I feel like God speaks through his creation. A lot of times he certainly used a donkey in the Bible to speak when people wouldn't, um, he has used a whale with Jonah. He has, uh, he speaks, you know, he just, it's his creation and he can use it to testify to himself and to show us his glory. And so I do believe that. And so I thought, you know, that would be a great thing. If I could, what if I could get kids from, uh, before they go to prison, you know, what if I could intervene and have a kids program on a farm so that they could experience some of this stuff and know that there's something better out there. There's a bigger world out there. There's something real, something tangible, something that they can connect with besides the junk that's going on at school or the junk that's going on at home or the bleak future that lies ahead that's, you know, put out by the press or whatever our economy is doing. You know, what if I could provide that kind of a program where they could have that little sanctuary of time and, and know that maybe that could be a difference maker in somebody's life. So with that, I felt very passionate about it. And I, I really, once I started to pray along those lines, all kinds of things started to happen. So uh, I, I um, got involved with a sheep farm and they were actually doing a school program. And I assisted with that uh, for a couple of seasons. And that was very cool. It was very well organized. And I learned a lot. And from that that working with those people, I learned about uh, Annie's Project, which is a women's organization that helps women in agriculture kind of be able to get their head around things like insurance and um, legal issues and tax issues and business plans and all that kind of stuff. So I, I became part of that program. And from that, I went to the Clemson um, New and Beginning Farmer Program and graduated from that with a business plan. Um, for using cattle. Now, originally my idea started with horses, but horses have huge overhead costs. And I realized very quickly that that was not going to work. So um, a very close friend of mine now um, had 
back then she was a new friend and she suggested a couple of books to me that dealt with doing cattle in a specific type of agriculture called regenerative agriculture. And so I started learning about that and started, and that plan actually was something that I could do alone didn't require a lot of startup costs, didn't require that I had a farm or cattle. And it was uh, something that I could see as a possibility. So I went through that program, came out of out with a business plan around that. And then I had to go learn how to have a farm. And so for the past five years, I've been moving and working on various farms in the Southeast to learn regenerative agriculture practices. Now, there are very few farms that actually do regenerative agriculture with cattle um, that can afford to pay somebody to help them. And I needed to be paid because I had, you know, a life and a bills and stuff. I wasn't a kid um, looking for an internship. So um, I was very fortunate to work on some really great farms, also some farms that were not so great. But in that process, I learned a ton. So that brings me to this point now where um, for, you know, I, I kind of after the last farm, I kind of realized that, you know, making $10 an hour is not getting me closer to my goal. And I'm running out of farms where I can I can go and work and live you know, being 57 years old as a woman. I am not exactly the ideal farmhand, so I can do a lot. I can drive a tractor. I can unload a truck of hay. I can um, do a lot of a lot of things on the farm. I can do quite a bit of fence fi fixing and weed eating and all that kind of stuff. But there are certain things that I can't and actually don't want to do, like run a chainsaw and pound fence posts and excuse me, some things like that. So anyway. Um, I'm learning, you know, I had to figure out what else can I do. So I'm back kind of sort of to square one with figuring out what do I have that I can offer people. And so um, getting into Grant's program, Grant Cardone's program last year was really help, a help to push me toward thinking about those skills that I had. And that's how Success Factor Consultants was born. And I still had kind of sort of developed freelance farm services out of accident, really, which turns out, you know, there are um, there are farms that need intermittent help. And I have um, the experience from the regenerative agriculture side. So I can farm sit. I can take care of livestock. I can um, take care of pets and do that sort of thing. So that's what freelance farm services is. But with all those things combined, it has still been really a struggle. And recently I took a part-time job at a department store and, you know, it's long hours on my feet and it's a corporate um, kind of culture, which I'm not thrilled about. But it is an income and it is kind of um, buffering things a little bit for me right now. But all that being said, I still don't have rent for January and it is uh, December 27th and I don't know where it's going to come from. So, um, God is good though. And I have to tell you that for the past seven months, he has provided for me every single month and how he does it. I don't know, but stuff happens and it just manages to come together. 
And so I've been walking this faith journey. It has truly grown my faith this past year to just believe that he will and to know that he promises that to me, that he will provide. And so I have to I have to walk in faith with that belief and continue on as if he has provided. Now, I don't mean like I just go out and spend money, you know, trusting that he's going to provide. Um, I don't do that. I can't do that. Um, but, um, you know, I, I mean that in my attitude and in the way I think about my day. So I'm not sitting here stressing about what. Um, you know, oh my gosh, I don't have money. What am I going to do about rent? And how can I, you know, I'm not in desperation thinking. I'm thinking about, okay, how can I build my business? How can I uh, impact more people? How can I um, do another, you know, what can I do to help others, you know, with with the things they have going on? So uh, that's kind of brings you up to speed. Now, Um, up to this point, I've been really feeling strong in my faith and I've been really like, wow, this is really good because I have, my faith is getting stronger. I can see that it's getting stronger and this is good. And then last week hit and I don't even know why. I don't even know what happened. I don't, you know, I can't put my finger on anything directly sin wise. I mean, my attitude sometimes could use, uh, uh, you know, my, my head think could use some help. But, um, you know, other than that, there wasn't really anything I could put my finger on that would cause me to feel distanced from God. And I have felt that way for about a week now, just feeling very scattered and very distracted and unfocused and struggling to kind of make make use of my day because it's hard to be productive when you are all over the place in your brain. And so I've just been asking God to help me with that, help me to to see clearly, to see or see more clearly than I am. And um, this morning I felt like I had kind of a revelation. So I want to share that with you. Um, And I think it's pretty important. So let's dive into that. Um, Refocusing on the truth was where I needed to start. Um, kind of getting back on track, if you will. And um, I was listening to Bishop T.D. Jakes this morning, and he was reminding me about the tabernacle. The tabernacle um, in the Old Testament was determined, uh, you know, God has always wanted to be in the middle of us. From, From the very beginning, God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. And, um, he, he, you know, when the nation of Israel was um, in captivity and uh, on the run, moving out of Egypt, you know, God led them. He, he covered them with a, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was there protecting them, keeping them warm, providing for them, making a way for them. He was there in their midst. Um. We see that also in uh, the tabernacle because he wanted the tabernacle was positioned with all 12 tribes of Israel around it. That's how God told them very specifically how to set that up. And then we see Jesus. Jesus came, God with us, Emmanuel, came to be with us, who was in the midst of us. 
And then now we have the Holy Spirit that is in the midst of us. And so we see this constant theme through scripture of God wanting to be with us. But uh, we can't get there. That's the thing is we cannot be there with him unless we meet certain requirements. And so, you know, in Genesis, we see where um, Adam and Eve sinned and God said that if you eat from that tree, you will surely die. And so they ate from the tree. God can't be a liar. And so he offers an exchange. He looks, he goes looking for Adam and Eve and they are hiding. They had sewn fig leaves together to cover themselves. They knew they were naked. And he goes and calls to them and they're hiding and they come out and, and, um, you know, he, God asked them what they did and there's that whole dialogue there. And so God's solution for them is to kill an animal and cover them with the skins. So they had covered themselves with the fig leaves. So note to, to vegans, <laughs> I'm not digging at you or anything, but um, this is where the very first sacrifice took place. God exchanged their sin, their disobedience, their death. Their death sentence was exchanged for an animal, and he covered them with the skins. Okay, and so we see this happening again through the Old Testament. There is... Uh, you know, the sacrifices need to be made to cover for sins. And they did this in the tabernacle. They did this for specific things in specific ways. God had it all very laid out so that he could stay in fellowship with them. So he could stay abiding and dwelling with them. And then we have Jesus that came and Jesus came to be one sacrifice for all. And we could not, um, we could not experience the salvation of God. We, we are able now to dwell with God in fellowship with God all the time because we, if, or if we have received Jesus, if we have believed in Jesus, we accept that sacrifice on our behalf. So we accept that exchange. We accept that God provided a, a one time for all exchange for, for our, our distance from him. And, um, so Jesus makes that way for us. And John 16, 23 says that, um, he's talking to the disciples and he's explaining to them that when that day comes, when he's no longer with them, that they will be able to go to their father and in his name, in Jesus's name, ask for anything. So in other words, we have literally taken on the persona, the attributes of Christ before God. God looks at us and sees Jesus. God looks at us and says, you are accepted into my dwelling place. You are accepted into fellowship with me because I accept that exchange, and so I accept you. And so that is such a powerful, powerful thing. It is what salvation is all about. And we cannot get there on our own. We cannot get there unless we accept uh, 
what God has done for us to allow that fellowship. And to be honest, um, and I didn't mean for this to be a salvation message. It is. But um, the reason I think God kind of was reminding me today that, you know, this this was the exchange. You I don't have a reason to not be in fellowship with God. The only thing that is the barrier is my own thinking, right? So if I understand that I am, I have confessed everything that I know to confess. I am not living in sin that I, I know of. Um, and I, I am, I have accepted Christ and what he did. I have accepted that exchange on my behalf. And so I am in right standing with God and therefore I can be in fellowship with him, whether my feelings are sharing that with me or not. And so that helped me tremendously today. I feel like uh, I can move forward in my day and know that God is there. I may not be, my feelings may be lagging behind a little bit on that, but I know that God is there and he is working on behalf Whatever I ask for in his name, he will take care of. He will grant me. He will. Um, he is working all things together for my good so that anything that comes against me, he is already at work making sure that that all works out for my good and for the good of his complete purpose, not just what Jan wants, um, which may or may not be in line with what he wants. But for his good. So this hardship that I have, because I don't have rent, um, because my dog needs food, and because the cats are out of food, and because my daughter's coming to visit, and I have no food in the refrigerator, you know, God knows all of this, and he has made a plan, and it's going to be brilliant, and he is going to provide for everything that I need. He knows my needs better than I do, and he will provide for all of that. So I want to um, just encourage you today. It is a Christianity is a weird message. Like this baby came down and I mean, it's kind of a weird message and it's about the blood. We sing about the blood. I always thought it was weird. I became a Christian, you know, in my early thirties, like I said, and I just, sometimes I just go, this is just weird, you know? But when you look at it from the beginning of scripture and you see the, the consistencies of God and you understand what he's doing and you start to see his hand through all of this stuff, it's really powerful. And I believe it with all of my heart. I hope you do too. If you have any questions about that or want to discuss it further, I am totally open to that. So um, there are three things you can do. If you'd like to, if you feel like you want to respond in some way, um, first of all, I'd love to hear your comments because that helps me know you better and what is relevant to you. And if you have similar or different experience in mine, I would really love to hear about that. Second, um, if you can like or subscribe and share whatever your platform allows for, um, my whole goal is to help people like you so that when um, you like and subscribe and share it. It makes that possible. I want the message to get out if it's helpful. So consider doing that, please. 
And then also please consider becoming a supporting listener. It takes my time and resources to put out this podcast. And like I said, I could um, really use some help right now, but um, you know, just even, even if it's just a few dollars, like each month, um, collectively from each listener that can make sure that I continue walking alongside you and others. And you can donate by clicking the link in this podcast description. So thank you for that in advance. I'm Jan Neary. Thank you for listening to On Purpose Faith. Well, that concludes this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If this episode spoke to you, there are three things you can do. Number one, comment. Your comments help me to know you better and what is relevant to you. Do you have a similar or different experience than mine? I'd love to hear about it. Number two, I want to get my podcast out there to share with more people. So please like, subscribe, and share. My whole goal is to help people like you. So when you like, subscribe, and share, it makes that possible. Number three, consider becoming a supporting listener. It takes time and resources to put out this podcast. So just a few dollars each month collectively from each listener can make sure that I continue walking alongside you and others with this podcast. You can donate by clicking the link in this podcast description. Thank you in advance. I'm Jan Neary, and thank you for listening to On Purpose Faith.